Forming a family through adoption, kinship, or customary care is one of life's greatest experiences that comes with its own unique challenges and complexities. The Stronger Together podcast is a production by Adopt for Life, Ontario's association for kin, customary care, and adoptive parents and caregivers. Join our host, Catherine, as she connects with a featured guest each episode as they share stories of their lived experience in a space where we listen, learn, and grow. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Catherine. In today's episode, we'll be delving into a vulnerable topic that many adoptees face, finding their voice. You know, it's no secret that adoption can come with a plethora of both joys and complexities, one of which is navigating the notion of one's identity. Today, we have the absolute privilege of hearing from Nina, who will be sharing her personal story of how she found her voice and is an adoptee and the obstacles she faced along the way. Join us as we embark on this insightful and important discussion. Nina was adopted as a baby and navigated the complexities of the adoption system as a young adult when she began the journey of gathering information of her birth parents. This sparked her commitment to helping others understand and navigate the process. Now, as a mother herself, the journey of self-discovery continues. Nina continues to advocate for adoptees and ensuring their voices are heard. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, We are so very excited to have you on as a guest and more excited, I guess, to hear your story. And really, um, for many of us, this is going to be a story of finding your voice and navigating um, life um, as someone who has been adopted. So um, I did your formal bio, but I'd love for you to take a few minutes to maybe introduce yourself a little bit and... um, Talk about your journey. Thanks so much, Catherine. Um, definitely excited to be here. And um, I'll just say right off the bat that I, I still, I am still learning to find my voice. It's not something that's like a one, a one-stop thing, but it's definitely been um, a journey for me. And part of that reason, I think, is because I was adopted. Um, so just as some background, I guess I was ad- uh, adopted as a baby and always knew that I was adopted. So my parents told me from whatever age I could know um, and had, you know, the standard books that were around um, and it was a closed adoption. And that sort of was the, the mode of things at the time. <laughs> so we never talked about it because there was really nothing to talk about. I mean, my parents didn't know, um, or had very, very limited information. Um, and they certainly weren't equipped to, with tools to start those conversations, let alone navigate them. Um, so that's just what it was. And, and maybe at the time that's, that's thought process in the adoption system was like, well, you just move on and you just don't, (laughs) don't look back. And I think it would come out in certain ways. Like I have the, I have many memories, but specifically around um, one particular memory I have, I was maybe like six or seven. I was in my room and reading a book. And at the very front cover, there was an inscription 
um, inscribed to me with a message, um, probably like a birthday message or something. And then, then the person's name signed, a woman's name signed. I leap up from my bed, run downstairs, mom, 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 my birth mom gave me this. Wow. So she's looking at my clearest day. I have this memory. She looks, she takes the book. She looks at it and she explains to me who the person is, which is, you know, a cousin of hers or some friend. And I had to like, I was, I had to like push down everything right mm -hmm. to, um, it's interesting, like at a young age to understand that you had to balance your feelings, your mom's feelings. And just, so my reaction was just to just push it all down and just turn it off and go back to whatever I was doing. Like it was no big deal. Wow. How do you, how, did your mom ever talk to you about that? Or have, have you and your mom ever talked about that? Scenario yeah, now. I mean, I think later we have for sure. And it's much, much easier because I'm an adult. <laughs> and, I, and, um, but it's not, uh, it came that came much later, much later, like in my 20s. Um, and other things like, my dad tells this story all the time. He said, I would take your brother and you to wherever we were going. Could be a mall, could be the market, any you know, different places in the city. And he said, "You would never ask for anything, hmm. ever. Like not a stick of gum, not not a toy, nothing." He's like to the point where he's like, "I thought something like are, are these kids okay?" And now that I'm older, I reflect back about you know the everything. And coming out of that sort of, there's a, I'm sure if you're in the, in, in the world, you've recognized the term of that, the adoptee fog, when you come mm -hmm. out, um, you realize, yeah, I didn't ask for anything. Cause I didn't know, like, you just don't know. You don't know. Like you hear the phrase, you know, your, your, your mom loved you so much. That's why she gave you away. Like all these sort of cliche things that aren't said anymore. Um, but at the time, that's just what was said. So as a child, you don't say anything because in your head, you think that makes no sense at all. And it's a lot of expectations to have to live up to. My goodness. That's so a I lot must of have done something wrong because mm -hmm. if she loved me, but she still gave me away. And scared to make a mistake by asking for things, I'm sure. So there's, it's a com, there is a commonality in adoptees of, of being perfect, of, of, of not making a mistake, of always being good, getting good grades, never getting in trouble, uh, and being pleasers because you don't, well, you don't want to rock the boat just in case it happened once, it could happen again. Do you think that that sort of thought followed you on into adolescence as well? Is that something you feel like? You, for sure like in my in my friends group I was never the one to be outspoken ever like I never wanted to get into arguments um I never wanted to confront it was it's very difficult for me to be confrontational about anything um <laughs> my friends knew I'm like my close close friends and they innocent things it's not that they they would say things to hurt me but they would get into arguments with their kid, with their parents, and they would literally say things like, oh, she's adopted, oh. you know, because 
they clearly didn't real they don't realize the uh, yeah. complexities. Um, right. I mean, they're just kids. Um, and I seriously at the time wasn't, I don't know. I just couldn't take it one way or the other because again, I was just like suppressing everything because I didn't know how to talk about it. I didn't, I didn't know anybody else that was adopted. I mean, aside from my brother, but he certainly wasn't talking about it either. He didn't have those skills or tools. Um, and so it wasn't until after high school, university, you know, your circle widens and you meet more people, more, there's more diversity and different, different ways that, that families come together. Um, and I, I remember, and it still happens to me now, cause I know more and more people that are adopted. Um, but it, it's always the same. There's just like this instant click, like, yes. Okay. I get it. <laughs> we get each other. Yeah. Um, so how, how did that sort of impact you when you're talking about like having a wider circle and meeting other people who have similar experiences? How do you feel like that sort of helped shape or impact your journey? Yeah, I mean, I think it helped me relax um, and kind of just relax into myself and, and start that um, journey of self-discovery, like real self-discovery, right? And allowing all those pieces to come up. Um, and I think when you're with the people who have that similar lived experience, it's just easier because you don't have to do all this explaining <laughs> and you don't have to dispel any myths. You don't have to dispel, you know, um, or maybe you don't know, don't know, but like in any, in any group, there is this sort of, but what about this? And, and they don't want to know the truth in a way. They want it to be this sort of what, what people see um, in, let's say mainstream media and movies like that, that being adopted is a great, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a wonderful thing. It's a gift. It's like, um, and so when you stray from that narrative, people don't like that. Some people don't like that. And so they, they say, no, you can't say that. So, so it's hard. Like you find your voice and then you get, you get resistance to it. So definitely finding like-minded people, but have that, have that lived experience in the beginning when you're finding your voice is important because you won't get that resistance and get that shared, that shared compassion and just understanding, you know? Yeah. And I think it's so interesting hearing um, like your journey thus far um, in, in looking at children who have been adopted today and to think how different things may have been if there was more supports or if there were even for your parents to have communities for themselves to learn because um, it's, it's very different and I hope it's changing for the better. I don't think we're quite there yet. Um, but just hearing you talk, it, it kind of makes me reflect of how how much more we need to do um, for all of us, for all of us who are in this realm. I don't know what else to call it. <laughs> this, this for sure. journey. I mean, I think it would have been helpful for sure for my parents to have more tools on, on, on how to talk about things, but that, that, when you want to call it psychology, that's not, that, that didn't, it wasn't at the forefront. It wasn't, it wasn't even in on the radar, I think, in that whole, in adoption. I, 
in those days. <laughs> I was going to say, by the way, Nina is not elderly in any sense. So I just want to let all of our readers know, or all of our listeners know this. Um, it's just, I think the face of adoption and, and the ethics behind it has been... Yeah, there's been a good, a, a positive shift. Shift, sure. and I think it's because of voices like yours and people who are willing to step up and share their experience and to share what needs to change, I think is what exactly we all need. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't can't go back and change time. Um, and honestly, I don't have any regrets in that, in that way. I and mean, everything that happened has made me into the person I am today. So I can't have any regrets about, about that. Um, but could there have been more support for sure? Um, but, uh, I, you know, I think as you said, the, the people that went through that system and that process are, have shared their voice and, and contributed to, to the changes that, that we're seeing now and that we hopefully continue to see. Absolutely. Uh, just going to pivot a little bit. Um, so we kind of left off. You were sort of in your 20s. You started to build your community. Are you comfortable in sharing life post-20s? Not Because you're not too far off from 20s now. That's but right. post-20s, <laughs> post what did what did this journey look like for you? Uh, what have you had to navigate? Or um, I'd love to hear more about like uh, your life as a, as a formal adult, as a grown adult. Right. Yeah, still, still figuring that out. Uh, <laughs> so it was in my mid uh, mid to late 20s when I actually started to search for my birth mother. Um, again, one of those memories, I'm standing in the kitchen with my mom and I'm, I'm telling her this. And so she was, you know, it was obviously very emotional and, um, but very open because she knew it's like, you know, she said, I knew this was coming, but you know, like, <laughs> it's not really a moment. Yeah. So I was telling her that, you know, I'm going to, um, I want to search for my birth mother. I want to know more. Um, you know, I think <laughs> talking to a lot of adoptees, you know, I think we initially like, I just want to know my medical history. You know? yeah. It's just an easy way to start because you don't have to commit to any relationship. You don't have to commit to, caring you can make it very that's the way I went about it anyway I shouldn't speak for any other adoptees but for me I had to take the emotion out of it and just say oh it's just about you know medical history um anyway that turned out to be very true so mm. <laughs> blessing <laughs> blessing and a curse but it was um it was great you know like my parents were great about it um off, uh, offering me whatever uh, emotional support that I needed if I wanted to talk about it, but also understood that uh, they, that I might not want to talk about it with them. So it really gave me space one direction or the other of however I wanted to deal with that, which is great, but I just didn't know how to deal with it. There was no roadmap. There's no instructions on how to meet your birth parents. Um, no. What I had to go through, because I was adopted through um, Children's Aid, um, so there was a social worker tied to my case, I guess I'm going to say. Um, so she, through that person, we navigated these multiple steps that we had to go through until, um, and at the time, the only way that you could make a face-to-face -face meeting was that if both parties wanted to. Okay. So if one did and one didn't, then it stopped at non-disclosing information. And you just wouldn't be provided this sort of background synopsis of each party and 
each parent and, and what the situation was. So I guess you had to really, it was definitely an eye opening, eye opening <laughs> experience. And True. you have to almost prepare yourself for that, for any type of response, I guess, which I couldn't uh, imagine having to, to just know, be ready for when, anything. It's interesting. Cause I, I, when I finally got the call, like, yeah, okay. So if there's a match, like your birth mother's out there and she wants to meet you too. Um, and then you make these plans and it, <laughs> so surreal. <laughs> it's so surreal. And at the time I had a, uh, I mean, I still have this friend, but she was like, you know, you should get, you should go see a therapist. I was like, what? <laughs> She's like, well, like, this is huge. Like you should go talk to somebody that doesn't know you that can help you kind of maybe guide you up until like this whole process. So I was just, like I said, like really young and I had, so I had no money. So I got referred to this sort of free, I don't know, or maybe it was a student thing. I can't remember exactly. And I remember the therapist telling me, so like, what's your, what's the biggest fear here? Like, why wouldn't you go? And I, again, maybe at the time there weren't like sort of adoption trained specific therapists or like trauma informed. I was like, uh, to be abandoned again, like (laughs) no mystery here. Like, what do you think my biggest fear is? Like I meet her and she doesn't like, like me or like, it doesn't go anywhere. And it's, and I never see, like, I have to relive the whole trauma again. Yeah. And she said, well, you know, what you could do is, you know, try to imagine positive things. Like, just trying to help me, like, see the positive side side of it. Um, I have this, and many people like this, it's not, it's not a specific adopted thing, but I always go in with, like, worst case scenario, like, worst case scenario, because that way... You're ready for worst case, but if there's a good thing, then hey, it's great. It's a bonus, but no. Yeah. Um, So, you know, there was a lot of, it was a turbulent emotional time, let's say those, because it was a long process to go through all the steps. I make it sound like it happened in a week, but, you know, from applying for the information to actually meeting her, I mean, it was definitely, we're talking like a year, a year and a half. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot to try and manage for a very long period of time. Well, then you wouldn't have any news for months, right? And then all of a sudden you get a letter, boom, like, okay, next step, this is all all of you. Wow. And to just think now, like with social media. um, Yeah, it's completely different. My goodness. So again, I'm not a senior citizen. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be the title um, of the podcast. (laughs) Mina, not a senior citizen. Um, So I guess present day, uh, reflecting back sort of, and I know your journey is going still. um, What do you think, um, you know, from starting this openness journey and and meeting your birth mother and having that connection to today, um, what has that sort of journey been like and like bring you to, to present day and um another question I'd like to ask as well is um what advice would you have um for other adoptees or people who have been adopted who might be listening um about finding their voice so maybe we can talk about where where you're at today yeah I mean it's um it's an ongoing learning experience like life is um you know I will say that the meeting that I had with my birth mother did not go well. It, it was, it was not good. 
Um, and it didn't, it didn't go well. Um, but that's okay. Like it's okay. Now at the time it was terrible. Um, and we did have a few, she did send me a few letters afterwards, but you know, she was not in a good place, you know, and that's okay. Like, and that's, that's part of the learning is that I had to go through that to, to be able to, you know, now still like find my voice, I guess, and, and be able to speak about it in a, in a place where it's okay, that things are not wrapped up in a bow. Um, it doesn't make it negative. It just, that's, that's the story. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that's, that's a really, um, important thing that people need to hear and, you know, reflecting back on, on, our, our conversation talking about it isn't all sunshines and rainbows. Um, sometimes it is, and that's beautiful and that's great. And when it's not, it's still beautiful and it's still a part of the journey. And I think, um, I think that's something that we need to all continue well, to yeah. hear. And just because, yeah, like you say, just because it's not wrapped up in a pretty package, it doesn't mean that it's not important or impactful or coming from a place of love. Yeah, all, all, all of that. Kind of Absolutely. packages, I guess. And now, um, you know, people come, I often have people come to me because as you know, like people have families form either through surrogacy or um, maybe it's like a sperm donor, egg donor, all, all different kinds of ways that families are formed. Um, and through my own personal network, um, because I'm not shy about it. I, I mean, I don't scream from the rooftops. I'm open, but people know that I'm adopted and they do ask me, you know, like, oh, my son's now asking about this and what should I do? And I don't, you know, and obviously you can't tell people what to do, but you can provide now more than ever, sorry about that, tools and resources that, that can help educate parents on how to have conversations with their kids and how to just keep the dialogue open and not, hopefully not shut them down. Because as soon as they, as soon as a kid feels shut down in any way, they'll be less likely to ask again. And the less likely they're asked again means they're suppressing other feelings. And um, that's what my childhood was like. So, you know, I just hope that, and this is not anything to do with adoptive parents, any parent, yes. anytime your kid brings something up, you know, you just have to be, even if it's something you don't really know about, or, you know, you just have to be open about it and say, you know what, I don't know about that. Let's look into it or, let's figure it out together um, and just encouraging, encouraging your children to use their voice and ask questions. And so that's what I would say to other adoptees too. If you're still in that phase, um, you know, find a group of like-minded people that have that same lived experience if you can. And now, especially, you know, online, it's easier and easier. And sometimes it just starts by listening and then your confidence to speak your your voice comes more and more. Well, Nina, I really appreciate you taking your time and um, talking with us, with sharing your story and your journey. Um, I feel like we could have had probably about three or four more episodes. So I'm absolutely going to be tapping on your shoulder uh, again, I'm sure in the near future. Um, from all of our listeners, um, we hope that you enjoyed this. Um, and just to know that we are sharing stories um, of everyone within the community um, so that we can grow, listen and learn. Um, and we always are stronger together. Thank you. Amazing. Thanks, Catherine.
Adopt for Life is a not-for-profit charitable organization supporting adoptive, kin, and customary care families through programs, resources, and advocacy. To learn how you can join our community for free or support our content like this podcast, visit www.adoptforlife.com. That's adopt4life.com.